Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Pat, and welcome to our Good News segments. You know, about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, all of you asked if we could come to the table with these really short interviews, and they really provide you with update information about everything from how are we doing in healthcare to how to have a riveting true life account of entrepreneurship to the new edges of spirituality. That's what these segments are about. I want to introduce you to three amazing people, Stephen Myers, and Stephen actually is talking about success and success as not a journey for the faint of heart in this riveting true life account of entrepreneurship. And you know, what is it when you look at life at its riskiest? You're going to hear about this and much more. And we love doing these segments for all of you. Then what you'll find as we continue to take that journey together, more and more about these great segments that we're bringing to you. Some of them are 10 minutes, some of them are 15, but these are to provide you with real people, real life stories, and real experiences. Next up, Jeremy Walters. I want to introduce you to Jeremy. Now look at Jeremy and I talked about November 15th, and yes, don't forget that date, even though it might be passed, about what are we finding about America Recycles? What are the latest studies talking about? What is it about six out of 10 Americans that are still worried about the future of the environment? Jeremy Walters, Sustainability Ambassador, Republic Services, and you're going to hear how you can get update on what to know, what not to know. As a matter of fact, the website mentioned in here actually shows pictures how to recycle and what to recycle. And then next up, an interview which caused me to pause for a minute but also brought tears to my eyes. The safety mom, Allison Jacobson. This is National Family Caregivers Month. But when you take a story like hers and you think about losing a child at a young age, then you think about caring for people that you never thought in a million years you'd have to care for. Then you look at a company like Cox and you see what they have brought to the forefront caregiving systems that allow you to sleep well at night, also be ready for whatever comes your way. And this is not just for caregiving and traumatic experiences. Maybe you go in and you get surgery. Maybe you get a knee replacement. Maybe you get some kind of shoulder surgery. These are tips and solutions about technological advance and advice for caregivers, not just for everyday experiences, but now put COVID-19 on top. We are doing something different as we move forward with these 15-minute interviews. Right now, we've put them together for you. Many of you have said we'd like them separated. 
we're going to be doing a whole lot with this as we go into 2021. You are the most important thing to us. Please feel free to email me at info at the drpatshow.com with your ideas, with your suggestions, with what you want to hear more of. And as we move into 2021, we are going to have our own listener survey. We care about you all, and we plan to bring you the best of the best. You should know one thing. We have a whole new look coming your way. We have met all of the requests that each of you have asked for, including how to update our widgets with both audio and video. Everything you've asked us for in the past 10 years now comes to the forefront in 2021. New websites, new ways to engage, new contests. And by the way, we're going to have a logo contest. We're going to put some logo ideas out there, and we have some great prizes for those of you out there that want to participate. But most importantly, please, please take care. Take care of yourself. Take care of your loved ones because you matter to us. All right, here you go. Here you go with some amazing conversations. Get empowered. Hey, everybody, welcome. You know, look, we have been talking about overcoming obstacles. We've been talking about this for 16 years. I mean, when you think about creating a show that looks at the journey and looks at success and looks at what it takes to have a dream and act it, to step in potholes, to overcome challenges that may step up, you have to be thinking about this new book and this, this author, who is now coming to the forefront and saying, look, crosswinds, what is the adventure? What does it mean? What does it mean to step forward? Steve Myers has sat down and he has put pen to paper, as they say, and is bringing a conversation, crosswinds, adventure and entrepreneurship in the Russian Far East. But this is a story about chasing an extraordinary dream. But it is like you. And it is like me. And it is about the world of possibilities. And the timing of his book couldn't have been more perfect. Steve, it's great to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much, Dr. Pat, for having me on the show. You know, I get asked a lot at various questions of this nature. Like, seriously, why do you keep doing this? You know, what is it about stepping out into the world that allows you to just keep going? You're just like an energizer bunny. And for you, the question is the same because my experience is when I meet someone like you, Steve, you know, and I, and, and, and I think about what you're writing about, there's a personal story behind it. So what are some of the things you had to overcome to really catapult you to a purpose and a passion to write a book like this? It all started at the bottom of a mountain crevasse on Mount Rainier when I was 20. Since uh, you're talking to your Seattle viewers, uh, I, was, I was in the Air Force based at uh, McCord Air Force Base in Tacoma, Washington in the 1960s, and I had a horrific mountain climbing accident, left for dead at the bottom of a mountain crevasse. It was the very definition of an unsurvivable experience, but I did survive, and what I learned from that experience uh, 
really came as a huge awakening for me. I never thought if you had, if you had been there and you know saw the video clip of this experience, you'd have said, well, there's no way that that person can survive. Right. But the irony was, I never thought for a second I wouldn't survive. I fell 30 feet before I hit anything. I, I was left for dead at the bottom of that crevasse. There was no way out. It was an unsurvivable experience. I had serious injuries. But yet, within me, I kept thinking, gee, if I can just figure out how to fill in the blank, I'll find a way to survive. Later, uh, I became obsessed with the question of why it had not occurred to me that I wouldn't survive. And I realized that I was an eternal optimist. And, and that became the foundation for the rest of my life. My mantra is the cornerstone of courage is optimism. You're going to need courage uh, to succeed in this world. You're going to need courage to save your own life. Where is that going to come from? Mm. A lot of places it can come from. For some people, it comes from spirituality, for, for, from other, for, for others, from compassion, uh, perhaps patriotism. For me, it comes from optimism. I'm with you on that. And, you know, this is really why I, I was so glad to talk with you, Stephen, is because when I think about stories like this and I think about survival stories like you had, you know, the one thing that I answer uh, to, when asked that question is almost word for word what you said. You know, there's something about optimism and possibilities that when you put them together, it is unstoppable. Can you talk to that and talk about how the book addresses the next level of what I call optimism, and that's possibilities in action? Well, my book, Crosswinds, mm -hmm. brings the reader along with me on my journey exploring the Russian Far East at the end of the Cold War. The reader experiences what leadership and courage look and feel like in two extreme circumstances a modern-day Lindbergh-style aviation adventure, and a truly audacious world-class entrepreneurial startup. Every page of the book is a study in uncertainty. Most people tell me they can't put the book down mm. because they don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> They've got to turn the page to find out what's going to happen next. Mm. There's that much uncertainty. But that's what life is, isn't it? It's a study in uncertainty and how you deal with that. Yeah. You know, there's something in our life circle where when you're born to a single teen mom and raised in the inner city and barely graduated high school, people saying that people are like, dude, are you talking about yourself again? And, you know, there's something about those beginnings. And I just talked about this earlier, Steve, there's something about those beginnings that build resilience. And I want to ask you about this, because when I think about crosswinds, I'm thinking about a book for exactly where we are right now. I know you didn't write this book yesterday, but seriously, this is a conversation for exactly the day and time we live in. Can you talk to the coincidence of that or not? Well, I think, I think, uh, I think you're exactly right. I think th these are universal themes. Um, 2020 uh, has turned into a case study in, in, in the world having to face up and confront 
what uncertainty really uh, is about. You know, most people run around deluding themselves into thinking that they have control over anything. And, you know, when you accept the idea that you have control over nothing and um, your job is to is to push forward through that to try and achieve your objectives mm. uh, that now, you know, the, the key is to start out with a plan. What is it that you want to achieve and why do you want it? And recognize that, you know, the path to success is going to be a very windy road <laughs> uh, filled with potholes and setbacks and flat tires. And you keep going. You push forward. Does that make sense? I got to tell you, it reminds me, what you just said reminds me. I'm, I'm sure there are a few kids that learn to ride a bicycle and get on a bike, right, for the first time and they're, they're gone right? No training wheels, nothing, right? I'm sure there are those kids that do that. Not sure what percentage they are, but that wasn't me. But it didn't deter me from falling down, getting a little scuffed up and getting back on there and saying, I am going to ride this bike. What part does passion and purpose play in that fierce determination that you showed in survival and also the character in the book? Yeah. You know, it's uh, very interesting. You should mention those those uh, words, because <laughs> uh, because um, you know I think uh, success is is really about uh, four things: mm. uh, your nature, your character, your purpose, and your processes. Mm. So think about those four things. First of all, what is our nature, and we each have to come to grips with what that nature is. Is is optimism uh, a choice or is it part of our nature? Uh, I find that uh, most people are not optimists. And if, if, they're, if you're not an optimist, it doesn't mean you can't be courageous. It means you're going to have to find that courage from some other source, right? Mine comes from optimism. Yours may come from uh, com- uh, from compassion. Um, I was reading a, a story about a uh, a SEAL team member in Iraq uh, who, who wrote a book about how his courage came from his sense of compassion. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Both secondly, um, you know, your character. Now we hear a lot about character. I, I've always thought that character didn't mean a thing until it was tested. The, the reality is, is our, our character is a work in progress. We're always working to try to improve ourselves, uh, what our core values are, how we deal with the world, how we deal with people, uh, what is our integrity. And, and then, and third, you know, this comes to, you, you, you use these two things, our, your nature and your character to, uh, uh, to inform you about your life purpose. So it's hard to succeed in life if you don't know where you're going. And, and we each uh, have to find our own, our own path forward. What is our life purpose? And, and, and each of us inevitably find that. Um, and, and then lastly, your ability to succeed in that life purpose is very much going to depend on the processes that you put in place. How, how do you learn? How do you 
how do you think about things? Are you a critical thinker? What, is, what does that even mean to you? So I think that, that, that there's a lot of work we can each do as mm. individuals to improve ourselves and, and give us the ways and means of, of, of going forward and finding our success in life, whatever that means to us. Honestly, you know, you just nailed it because I think we are now learning that whatever we think we are, we're more than that. I think we're learning that, you know, we are so resilient beyond our imagination. Um, And, you know, we're talking about starting out with, how should I say it, smaller beginnings than most and looking at how to transform our lives. You know, looking at how to go from wherever that is to that near fatal 30 foot mountain climbing fall that you had left for dead. And then here you are today. I want to thank you for doing what you're doing. But I also want to make sure that folks know how do they find out about you? How do they find out about the book? Um, And then I want to ask you about the message from the book. You know, what are some of the key points of possibilities and accomplishments that can get people energized to keep going? So uh, you can you can you can get my book on Amazon. Just go to uh, Amazon and type in uh, Crosswinds, C-R-O-S-S-W-I-N-D-S, two words, Crosswinds and uh, Stephen Myers. S-T-E-V-E-N-M-Y-E-R-S, or you can go to my website. You'll enjoy that. It's www.stephenmyers.com. There's a cool video uh, that you'll enjoy watching. My my mainline business these days is coaching CEOs. Yeah. And uh, so there's some interesting um, uh, there's some interesting thoughts that I present uh, that I think can help any of your uh, listeners. Uh, think about how they can succeed. Uh, uh, the 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 main message of of the book is that again the cornerstone of courage is optimism. And um, if you just start with that, that's for me. Find out where your sense of courage is going to come from. Once you have that in your pocket, uh, all things become possible. Okay, I'm not saying not to be afraid. Mm. Uh, there are so many situations in that book uh, that will you'll just be shaking your head and go, "Oh my God!" Uh, and uh, and what you find uh, when you hear stories of people that have done courageous things isn't that they weren't afraid. In fact, if you're not afraid, how is it even courageous, right? <laughs> That's right. So the 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 so you've got to ask yourself, how are they able to push through uh, to achieve success? And um, what's going through their mind? So I, I think that there are uh, so many uh, uh, lessons to be learned uh, going through these experiences uh, that um, uh, there's something in there for everyone. They'll enjoy it very much. I agree. Thank you so much for all that you do. Last question for you, your personal message. What do you want to leave folks with right now? You know, there's a lot of people in this world that are fear-based. A lot of people in this world that make a living by making other people feel afraid. Right. 
you've got to push back on all of that. Find your courage, be optimistic, find your own success, find your own way through. Don't let other people tell you you can't do anything. Don't let other people tell you how to live your life. It's your life. It's your choice. I love that. My mama used to say, girls, pushing back is pushing up. Get in the game. That's it. it. (laughs) Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Have a great rest of your day and a wonderful holiday. Thanks so much, Dr. Pat. You have a great day yourself. All right, everybody. We're going to take a short break. This is a book that for me, when I think about Crosswinds and I think about what Stephen has done, this is a book you want to share with your family. It's one of those books that when you think about it and you turn to the next page and you turn to the next page, you become inspired from the inside out. And boy, I'll tell you, these days, books like this are rare. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Take us with you on that morning commute. Download your favorite podcast from the Transformation Radio Network. Just visit transformationradio.fm. I have had such a good time on Tales from the Merworld Radio. It has been an opportunity for me to expand myself so dramatically and become much braver in my voice to speak about the things that I'm passionate about that are a little bit out there. Your staff is amazing. Olivia is amazing. Jessica, everybody. Anytime I need anything, they show up right away. So thank you for having such an amazing team that is allowing me this platform to do what Spirit wants me to do. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. You know, let me just tell everybody this. Uh, First of all, I am really thrilled and honored to have Jeremy Walters joining me here today, Sustainability Ambassador, excuse me, Republic Services. Now, here's what I want to say about this before we get going. We're going to talk about a new survey, but I, I want to take you back in time for a minute to my corporate job back in the phone company. Yeah, it was a phone company once. And out in New Jersey, they had one of the first recycle programs. And our job in New Jersey was to implement one of the first, yes, those blue buckets with that interesting logo on it in all of the phone company AT&T buildings. You have to ask yourself, how do you get tens of thousands of employees to take paper from their desk and put it in the bucket. Well, let me fast forward to where we are today. And that is a story for another day, but we did it. Not only did we do it, but we created a character called the purple paper eater, which was adopted by the state of New Jersey, because back in the day we were going to go to any lengths to save our planet. Jeremy knows what that's about. Great to have you here. Let's talk about where we are today, because I will tell you this. Back in those days, I thought by the time we are here today, we would have excelled any country on the planet. But you have a new poll. Tell us about it. Yeah. And let me just first say, I absolutely love Seattle. It's got to be one of my most favorite cities in the United States. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I really love what you guys do up there. I love the climate. Um, But you guys are actually doing very well. There's always room for improvement. Our overall survey, we did it across the nation, and it did show that at 6 in 10 of our respondents are worried about the future of the environment. And 58% of those folks um, are reevaluating their eco-friendly habits. So 
rightfully so, you know, since the pandemic has started, a lot more of us are spending more time at home, whether we're working from home, whether we're remote learning, uh, your kids may be remote learning, we're really directly connected to the waste that we're making. Whereas before, if you were in an office, if you were at school, you know, typically there was a janitorial staff that is collecting your waste and recyclables and sort of removing you from the, the total process. Now that you're generating that same waste, but at your household, you're seeing how much you and potentially your family are really creating. And it's sparking this aha moment to say, hey, you know what, maybe we got to make some sustainable shifts. Yeah. Let, let's, let me do this first, because I need to talk about Republic Services for a minute. Um, it, it, you know, for folks out there, I want to get them right to the website because I want them to take a look at what you all are doing and why what why the survey you took was so important. So let's get that done right now and then we'll make sure we do it again, because this is about an education program. This is about, you know, showing people information so they can make informed decisions, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And the website you're referring to is Recycling simplified.com. And it's just that it's simplified. It's a very easy approach to teach people the do's and the don'ts of recycling, uh, you know, what they can and can't recycle in a very easy to digest manner. We've got videos, tips, tricks, there's downloadable activities for the kids. If there's educators out there listening, we've got nationally approved K through 12 curriculum free of charge. They can download full lesson plans start to finish. Um, I know remote learning is somewhat of a learning curve for a lot of the educators out there. One thing as a student back in grade school I loved was field trips. And field trips aren't happening right now, but we've got virtual field trips. So there's a lot of boxes that we check off with that website. Um, Don't think about it as an end-all, be-all, right? Because this website is designed to address recycling across the nation. So they're the fundamental recycling tips. And then in your market specifically, in Seattle, you would want to check with the local recycling company there, uh, likely Republic Services, on some of the nuances in your market to say, hey, you know, what extra can we do? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I was really stunned by, but kind of in a positive way, was one of the results of the survey. And let's talk about some of the results, because some of these I thought, yeah, of course, that's true. But there was one in particular I want to zoom in on, you know, counterintuitively, if I might say, we think about COVID-19 pandemic having a negative impact on one's perspective of, let's just call it sustainability. But your poll, your survey, I think showed something surprisingly different. Can you talk to that? Yeah. And, you know, it it sheds a positive light on the fact that people are more aware of their impact on the environment. Uh, We are spending more time at home. And I think really for the, the things I mentioned earlier about how directly connected we are to the amount of waste that we're creating, that's where COVID-19 has, albeit uh, sort of a stretch, but had an, a positive impact on one thing to say that, yeah, it's making us more aware. And a lot of people are really uh, thinking about how they can be impactful 
in a positive way when we're talking about waste. And that survey showed that, you know, about 43% of the respondents are being more careful solely on purchasing eco-friendly products. 41% said that they're working to waste less. Um, you know, so it's there's a number of people that say, hey, we, we recognize that there's room for improvement here. I want to ask you this question, and this is really, you know, take the lead on this. Uh, most of the time we think folks like you, folks like us, we're getting ready to launch an entire channel uh, called Green Talk. Um, in 2021 with our expansion. It's something that has been really important to me. Um, I'm one of the people, if you haven't heard this, grew up on the East Coast, grew up in New Jersey, born in New York. And I was I was walking down the Jersey Shore. Yes, it is a thing, the Jersey Shore. I was walking down the shore one day because I love the beach. And my gosh, it was it was a thing to do. And I remember feeling an ouch in the bottom of my foot. That ouch was a needle because of the, yeah, I mean, you're probably too young to remember this, but back in the day, the amount of dumping that was done into the Hudson and therefore into the ocean was unconscionable. Fast forward to where we are today. It would be a rare event to find that happening today, but tell us what is happening today because are we as concerned as those of us in Seattle? And by the way, those of us in Seattle and those of us on the East Coast, if you've ever lived on the East Coast and you have experienced what it's like to go into the Hudson and walk out with oil all over you, you get it. Where are we today from your perspective and what can we do? So we're headed in the right direction. Yahoo! Places like Seattle. <laughs> yeah, places like Seattle, uh, you know, you guys are very conscientious about this topic specifically. And we are seeing more places around the nation start to adopt that mentality and recognize that there is an inherent need to take care of the planet. So we're headed in the right direction, but there are still challenges ahead of us. And one of the most notable challenges that... I think I can personally mention is product packaging. This stuff changes mm. at an exponential rate. I would say that product packaging seems to change just as frequently as the variation of an iPhone. I mean, things change at such a rapid pace that sometimes the recycling industry has a hard time keeping up with that. And so if I can expand on that a little bit Please. to give some perspective, let's talk about like laundry detergent. You know, a couple decades ago, laundry detergent came in a powdered form in a box. And then there was liquid detergent and then there's pods and there's all sorts of variations of laundry detergent and each one of them comes with a unique type of packaging. So each time there's an iteration of packaging or a different variation, that can create challenges in the way that we capture them in the recycling stream. One of the most notable challenges across the United States that we see is that of flexible packaging or flexible plastics, you know, plastic grocery bags, bubble wrap shrink wrap, saran wrap, Ziploc bags, these flexible, malleable plastics don't have a place in the recycling bin curbside. They require you to take them back to the grocery store. Um, I could be wrong, but I believe Seattle uh, has plastic bag bans in yes. place. Oh, yeah. You know, you've got places that are making those shifts. But, uh, you know, that's where we see challenges is packaging just changes rapidly. And we have to try to figure out how to navigate those waters. 
I have to I have to say this and I want to tell people go over to recyclingsimplified.com and and for those of you out there I just want to pinpoint you to a date that's coming up which is November 15th right America Recycles Day um, if you go to the website that I just talked about recyclingsimplified.com a picture is worth a thousand words and I thought for myself just a minute on a true confessions so I thought I had it right I thought my gosh you know I know what to do and how to do it two myths I want to get rid of and these are untruths one is that there are only people of certain generations that are really cool with this that is not true Jeremy I want to talk about this you know I don't know if you know this but back in Jersey they started to do things like Take the paper off your metal cans, right? So they wouldn't, I mean, I'm telling you, when I lived in New Jersey, they would not, if, if the people saw, saw that picked these up, saw that you had paper on your metal can, they wouldn't pick it up. And I remember this Linda's mother, um, you know, I'm talking about a woman that had been on this planet for a good 70 years. And I watched her methodically remove the paper off of the metal cans. So this is not something just for people in their 20s and 30s. This is something that every one of us here have been able to lean into. I want to ask you this, though, because I discovered I'm not doing something right. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, Pat, you're not doing that right for sure. But what do you find are the most misunderstood misconception things? Let me give you my example. When I went to your site and I looked at, ah, this is what this is what your recycle container should look like. You know, you got that picture over there. And I looked at mm-hmm. that and I thought, oh, wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, I am, I'm doing that right, but I'm not doing that right. What do you think people are doing well? And what do you think people don't know that they're not doing well? Was that a good question? Did I get that out right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and you're, you're on the right track. And I, and I think that for the most part, people will have a fundamental understanding of the right recyclables. Mm-hmm. But where it starts to go a little awry is that they have something that they're not sure of, and then they go ahead and throw it in the recycling bin anyways because they say, hey, you know what? The recycling company will figure it out. I'm mm-hmm. unsure, and it makes me feel good you know, since I don't know. Let me just put it in the recycling bin just in case. And throwing the wrong thing in the bin can actually do more harm than good. Mm. So if you're unsure on if something should go in the recycling bin, get educated, right? Check out Recycling Simplified. But don't go throwing things in the bin if you're unsure because realistically, it does more harm than good. Um, To that note as well, we do have to rinse out our containers, you know, soup cans, pasta sauce, jars, soda cans. Mm -hmm. Those are great for recycling, but they have to be empty, clean and dry. Um, I'm not saying take a scrub brush and soap and water to clean it, but just, you know, if you got a tomato soup can, squirt a little bit of water in there, swirl it around, tap it dry before you toss it in the recycling bin. So I want to tell you the one thing that I discovered, and this, I don't think I'm going to learn what this, but it is when I looked at Recycling Simplified, folks, RecyclingSimplified.com, go over, take a look, because it's like spell right out for you, but there are really cool pictures. One of the things that I think is counterintuitive is people think they're doing a good job by taking their recycling and like putting it all in like a paper bag. Like, let me help the recycling people. Let me reorganize this because I'm going to I'm going to make it really easier for them. And I just going to put all my stuff like in a paper bag Then I'm going to put the bag in the recycle. And I'm like, 
oh, that, I don't have to do that. <laughs> no, and, you know, we, we can definitely appreciate your uh, your willingness to make things more convenient for us. But what in reality is we are separating one thing at a time. Oh. Keeping everything loose in your recycling bin is the best for the process. We are taking your paper, your cardboard, your cans, your bottles and jugs, and we are separating separating them into individual commodity mm -hmm. streams. And even as minutely as different types of paper or different types of metal or different types of plastic, they all go into a single commodity stream and our processes are designed to separate one thing at a time. Wow. So definitely don't bag your recyclables. Wow. Look, I know you've got to run off to another interview, and I just want to ask you, please give out the website again. And then uh, then I want to ask you your personal message, because one of the things that I'd like to see change, this is just me personally. I know your study said that six out of 10 Americans are worried about the future and the environment. I would really optimistically like to see that 10 out of 10. I really would like to see that, and I'm hoping <laughs> we'll get there. But what's your personal message? Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, I think that taking care of the environment is of great importance to all of us. And, mm -hmm. you know, don't ever have the mentality that you're one person and you don't make a difference because that's how we ultimately not make a difference is when we think that way. Think that, hey, I'm one more person that's going to make a difference. And, you know, when we all start understanding that we all benefit from that, we're all going to be better off. <laughs> Thank you so much. Last time, website. Please give that to us. It's RecyclingSimplified.com. And hey, everybody, the 15th, also go to the website and you're going to see some really interesting information because one of the things COVID-19 really did and is doing is making people more aware of how eco-friendly are we as a family. Jeremy, thank you. We'll talk to everybody in a few minutes. We'll be right back. Yeah, yippee skippy to that, baby. We're not done yet. Some of us are out here to educate and inspire. This year, 2020, is the year we gotta show me the money in the cash flow. I'm Dr. Pat. This is the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Visit thedrpatshow.com. TransformationTalkRadio.com. Welcome, everybody. Now, if you've been listening to my show for 16 years, you know there's a reoccurring theme. One of the themes is, what is somebody's why? Why are they out in the world? Why are they out there as a nationally acclaimed speaker, blogger, family safety expert? Why would you get the name, the prestigious name of the safety mom? You know, why do any of us step out and talk about things that hit has, have hit us directly. You're gonna hear about Allison Jacobson's why. Because November is National Family Caregivers Month. And unless you have a sense of that or have been in it, which most of you are acutely aware of right now with COVID-19, you may or may not know the what to your why. Allison, it's great to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I have shared my why about why I continue to do this. And I came down with a serious illness six months after starting a positive talk radio show and then a network. And my why had to do with my pain, 
my consequences, and what I discovered that people go through when they are in the middle of it. I think you have a why, a story that has touched your heart deeply and has accelerated your action in the world to help others. Can you share what that is? I I sure can. So I um, got remarried nine years ago to an incredible man who was a pro golfer. And four weeks after we were married, he was diagnosed with primary progressive MS. And he went from walking at our wedding to being in a wheelchair very rapidly. Um, On top of that, I have a son who is 22 years old who has intellectual disabilities. So being a caregiver for my son was one thing, but I never anticipated becoming a new wife and also a caregiver for my husband in very short time. But that is my why, Pat, because no one anticipates things happening and everyone feels so isolated. And my why is if I can help one person understand that they're not the only ones out there going through this and that there are there is help out there, then I feel like I've done something. You know, I hang on every one of your social media posts and I hang on those words. And I I, I realize that, you know, today we're focusing on something very specific. But I'm I'm hanging on a few things. And one of the things I want to get to and then really jump to what this chat today is about is something you said. You say you may at some point feel defeated, but accept that spirit is saying your purpose is elsewhere. I want to talk about that because a lot of times when we talk about your journey, your story, it is an unexpected to us sometimes, but yet it is a purposeful pathway. And here you are today sharing with us information you've gathered, what you've learned to help people understand that there is a level of information and knowledge they could have. And I want to get to that today, too. You know, accidents in the home, things that people can do, and how COVID-19 has changed the role of caregivers. But here's what I know. You have been preparing for this moment for probably for most of your life, haven't you? Well, and, and if you do, and thank you for following my social media, because then I'm sure you realize that that's not really where my story began. My story began no. with me losing my first son to sudden infant death syndrome 23 yes. years ago. Um, and, and that's really where my, my role of care providing started and, and trying to help others. But one thing I will tell you, and, and, and then we can get on to this. I believe that my current husband came into my life for a reason, because while he may be physically disabled, he helps my son who is intellectually disabled. And they, I believe I was a conduit for these two people coming together to help each other in a very meaningful, profound way. Yeah. And you know what? There's an expression, boy, you can't plan that stuff. But I agree with you. I mean, you know, when, look, When I had to care for my partner who had a brain aneurysm, I didn't know that that would train me to care for myself when I came down with a mystery disease. And I want to ask you this, because there is so much that we don't know about, one, how to prevent things, and two, how to prepare for things. Can you talk, and I know this is a short interview, can you just talk? to, you know, for people to say, look, this is what you can do. You can stop accidents in your home. And look, 
We know you're in a caregiver or a care warrior mode right now. You can do some things. Tell us your perspective on that. Yeah, I think one of the greatest challenges for caregivers and the people they care for is a profound level of vulnerability and helplessness. Um, for the caregiver, we feel helpless sometimes where we, we can't we can't do anything to help her as much as we'd like. And for the person who's receiving that care, they feel vulnerable. And I, that, I think that's why it's so important when there are solutions and products and services that empower us as caregivers, give us peace of mind, but allow those who we're caring for to still feel a sense of independence. And especially for somebody who's younger, who's not a, an older senior, that, that level of independence is so crucial from, a, from an emotional standpoint as well. And that's why I love talking about products and services that do allow people to remain independent because that is a core of who we are. Yeah. Give us some information about what some of those are, what people can do right now, and, you know, what they could learn, right, about how to navigate the waters of COVID-19, because you're right. I mean, you know, I have a friend right now who is in the middle of care for both the mother and father, very unexpectedly, never been in a situation like this, you know, really yeah. didn't see what should I do, how should I do it. And, come, and, you know, we get into a moment of overwhelm because we don't have tools. We've never been here before. What have you learned that you could help us with today? Right. And it happens overnight. So plan yeah. as much as you can but and be prepared. And one of those big things is falls in the home because that's a game changer, right? Whether if it's a fall down the stairs or it's a stroke where you fall, that is a game changer that will prevent people from remaining independent and put them in an assisted mm. living or a nursing home. And no one wants to do that from an emotional standpoint or quite frankly, a financial standpoint. And that's why I'm so excited that I work with Cox, with their home life care system. And what this is, is an automatic fall detection system that can be worn in the shower because we know that the majority of these falls are happening in the bathroom. It's happened to my hus husband at least five times now. So what this is, is an automatic fall detection that comes with a mobile hub. It's cellular, it's not Wi-Fi, so you don't have to worry about that. But if he falls in the shower, it immediately la launches into that mobile hub. The mobile hub will contact him ask him if he's okay, will text me to let me know something has happened. And either if he can't answer or he does answer and says he needs help, they automatically um, get 911 to call EMTs and come. And that immediacy is so important. But even more so is that independence of being in the community. So if my mom is outside gardening, if my husband is out in town and something should happen, it is mobile. He can take it with him so that it also has GPS. So if something happens, they know exactly where he is. He doesn't have to respond. And it's that ability to stay independent and mobile that's huge. Now, this happened to us when we were in a hotel. He fell in the bathroom two or three times when we've been traveling. One time, I was down in the breakfast area. I wasn't there. So he was able to use something like this to get help immediately. And he's a big guy. He's 225 pounds, six foot three. I can't help him. I need that help. And, you know, this is something really important because we don't know 
what we don't know about this level of care. Is there a website folks could go to, Allison? I want to make sure folks go over to Cox right now. Absolutely. It's cox.com forward slash home life care. And I have to tell you, like we started talking about this in terms of COVID and isolation, right? I feel blessed that my mother lives with me. I have so many friends whose parents are across this country or even just five towns over, but they are isolated because of COVID. And if you have a family member who's even slightly starting to get dementia, that brings in a whole bunch of stress and concern. So with home life care, you can request that the person check in every morning at 8.30. If you don't get that check-in, you can find out what's going on. You can also send them reminders to take medication because that starts getting confusing. And without medication management, that's a big challenge. So I can, or somebody can remind their loved one to take medication. You know, and one of the things I want to say, and this is what we don't think about, you know, here we are, you know, even if we're in a scenario now and somebody, let's say, has to go in for surgery. Let's say they have to get like a knee operation or something. You know, when we're talking about home life care, what it does to uh, Allison, and at least this is my opinion, there's so much stress in this care environment. We're talking about something that is a de-stressor. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's like a de-stressor for the person that is being cared for. And my goodness, a de-stressor for the person that's doing the caring, because most of the time, caregivers are juggling. Oh, my gosh. Right. I mean, in in addition to all of this, I have my two daughters who are home right now doing remote school. So it's pretty chaotic. And, you know, you're, you're spot on with that. My mom just had hip replacement surgery two months ago. Now, she lives in the second floor of our house. So when I was out and she was upstairs, you know, that's very concerning. Is she going to try to come down the stairs? What happens if, you know, her foot gets stuck on the carpet? So there is, there's so much stress in being a caregiver as well as the one receiving care. And I think what you're talking about, and at least what I've seen by going over to the website, is there are multiple options. And what I love about this is, when you go there, there's an opportunity to chat with people live. And so you can start to explore this. Do you need a, a home life care love, a hub? Do you need a family app? What do you need? Because you don't even know what you don't know about this. And Allison, by you getting out there and doing these interviews, albeit short, you know, you're providing a message that says, have you thought about this? Did you know right. you could do this? What do you think about right. this? Right. You know, it's scary to think about the what ifs with our aging relatives or God forbid our loved one gets in an accident and all of a sudden becomes a paraplegic. But we have to think about it. We have to plan. You know, one of the things I also want to say, and I'd like your opinion on this, if you don't mind. We often think about uh, devastating, drastic, traumatic, life-changing experiences like you have gone through in your life. But we're in a new world now, and you said something, and I want to get back to it, independence. And often, I think we see, Allison, we think about, wow, that's the young people. But I'll tell you, if you ever try to rip a senior from their home and and pull them out, you will see a level of independence that you have never seen before. So isn't this a broader solution? 
Yeah, and, and, and you're right. I mean, that, that level of independence, and, and I think that's something that we struggle with with our, our, our aging parents because we, we mm -hmm. unfortunately have to look at them in a different way. They don't want to leave. So how can we, and, and that, you know, look, there's a lot to be said about bad things about social media but, and, and technology, but man, there are a lot of good things. And if it's allowing people to maintain that dignity and that independence, that's huge. Um, let's talk about, I know we've got a few minutes left. Let's talk about what it is we can help people with in the home. So, for example, um, uh, the instruction I got before my surgery was you have to go around the house. I want you to pick up all throw rugs. Uh, go yeah. around and give at least in every room. Make sure that there's clearance here. Yeah, because guess what? Yeah, when you're able and you're walking, it's this. But if you're going to have this or a knee replacement or that, you got to do something to your home that's different. What have you learned about that? Well, you know what's funny? One of the things I learned is the best little item is a grabber. So just like you said, when my mom got her hip replacement surgery, she still can't bend down underneath her uh. cabinets to get pots and pans. You need help doing that. So you need to think ahead and re-strategize how your kitchen's set up. You know, where mm. are those plates? My husband can't reach the plates where they were. We had to move them. So, so it's things like that of rearranging your home to work for you. And it takes planning. I will say that. I want to get to the last point. And this is a point that we could spend an hour talking about. It is the least item that people that are caregivers actually do if they do it at all. They don't do it. Self-care. I knew you were going to say that, right? We are, we're, we're, we're so, we're so used to giving to others. We almost feel it's selfish to think of ourselves, but it's not. It's self-preservation. It's that old airline phrase, put your own oxygen mask on first. So especially in November being caregiver awareness month, take care of yourself, take time for yourself. If you've never meditated, do some guided meditation. You need to find ways to relax and keep yourself mentally and physically healthy because if you go down everything goes down yeah i was talking to somebody a woman i coach and and one of the things i said you know what you got to change the zip code even if it's for a half a day you got to change your zip Amen. code you know you got to get yep. yourself out and go to a different zip code not the grocery store or like you know what i'm saying you know and it's like so hard isn't it i know bundle up go to the beach it's my favorite place but if you have a device or you have something on your loved one while you are going out, there is a support system in place where you can get out of the zip code and maybe for a few hours relieve the stress of worry. Isn't that also what we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, it literally, that's exactly what it is. Listen, without something like home life care, I couldn't take that time yeah. off. I would be far too worried. I'd literally be tethered to my house. This is a way for me to take care of myself, but me also to have peace of mind while I'm doing it. Look, I know you got to run. I'd love to know that website again. And also, I would love to know how people can follow you as well. Sure. It is cox.com forward slash home life care. And for me, it's allison-jacobson.com. Yeah, lots of information. If you're going to follow Allison, if you go over to her social media, you see what she posts. 
And also, if you go to Cox Home Life Care, what you're going to find is multiple solutions for just about every scenario you have. Last question, Allison. I'd love to know your personal message. I would love to know what you'd like to leave all of us with. And thank you for what you do. Thank you. And my message is be good to yourself. Be kind to yourself first because you've got to keep yourself healthy and well. Yeah. It's like we say here. You're not going to get into your car with an empty gas tank and expect to go somewhere. That's right. (laughs) Allison, thank you. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back.